Hello, 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 and welcome back to the More Money Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Morehouse, and this is episode 365 of the show, and I'm so excited to have you listen to this episode. It's a great one because we're not just talking about money, we're going in-depth about, you know, some of the, uh, the, the deeper side of money, the emotional, the psychological, the behavioral side of money, and I have the perfect guest to talk about this with me on this uh, episode. She is a certified financial planner a wealth wellness expert. Uh, she is also the uh, U.S.'s first behavioral financial advisor, but she is also the author of the new book called Live Wealthy, Own Your Worth, Grow Your Wealth. Of course, I'm talking about Don Dalby, who has had a number of years uh, working in the industry as a financial uh, advisor and financial planner, and she really wanted to make sure that she could not just help you know her clients with just the you know the practical the how to side of things she really wanted to make sure she can make a lasting impact on their their personal lives and their financial lives and that's why she really wanted to make sure she she had some more tools in her toolbox and i'm so excited to have her on the show to discuss what are some things that we need to pay attention to what are some things in terms of our own personal growth and self work we need to pay attention to that you know, most people just don't talk about and we probably ignore. And how could this have a really big impact on our futures? And also just a reminder, I will be giving away a copy of her book. So make sure to listen to the end of this episode for all of those details. But uh, without further ado, let me get to that interview with Dawn. Welcome to the More Money Podcast, Dawn. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm so excited to be here. More money, more money, more money. <laughs> I know you're all about more money. And right? I mean, I think that's why I was very excited to have you on the show is, well, your, your messaging obviously re resonates with me as a, as a woman, a, a woman in finance, especially, but also it's very positive. It's very empowering. It really is about, you know, women in particular taking their power back in kind of mm -hmm. the financial space, which is, I think, a message that you can't spread enough. So welcome. Uh Absolutely. And we're here spreading it together. And thank yeah. you so much. I've listened to your podcast. I think you do great work yourself. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Yay! Yay. Um, and I'm excited too. you have a book coming out very uh, soon called Live Wealthy, Own Your Worth, Grow Your Wealth. Before we kind of dive into that, which I'm very excited about, um, just, you know, for anyone who's new to you, uh, you have a very interesting uh, story and you've been doing what you've been doing for a very long time. So you have a, a lot of experience. I'm sure you've seen it all. Tell us a little bit about, you know, where this all started. Did you, you know, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, you know, um, growing up in a small town, I just thought the only thing I wanted is more money, more money, more money. And so that's what I did early on in my 20s and 30s. It was just all about building money. And how do you how do you learn about money? You get a career in money. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's what I did. And, it, you know, I've been a wealth advisor for 23 years. I own my own financial planning firm. We do financial planning and wealth management. Um, and it, it was really about my experience, you know, with my own relationship with money and the experience that my clients had with their money and the relationship that I had with my mother. Like there's so many reasons that came to be of why I wanted to not just write the book, but why I just wanted to focus and learn more about money because it is empowering, right? The more we know, you know, I always say you can't mindset your way or manifest your way no. to wealth. You need, no. you know, th there's a psychology, there is a relationship with money for sure, but you also need the technical how to advice and how to really 
really build that wealth. And when you mirror those two things together, that's when life really gets interesting and your the the expectation that you have for your life can can really be different than what is in your mind today. Mm-hmm. I'm curious too because I I know for a lot of your career you did work for you know some of the big financial institutions around. Now you have your own firm. Uh, you know, was there a reason that you wanted to kind of branch out on your own? Was there things that you saw in the industry that just were not you know working for you? They weren't maybe allowing you to kind of do what you really wanted to do. Ooh, that is such a good question. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, full disclosure, I still, so I own my own firm. Um, we're a registered investment advisor. So what that means is that we still, like it's my own firm, but I still like hold all the clients' assets at Charles Schwab. So we were, you know, so the assets are held at Charles Schwab. But, you know, through my journey of two plus decades, the reason why I really wanted to branch out was because I felt there was some inequality in how women were perceived in our industry and how we were maybe looked down upon and didn't have the same value as other colleagues in the business. And so I was like, how do I get away from this? Because it was really hurting my worth and what I thought of my own self and how that was impacting my wealth building opportunity. And I decided to take a risk and go out on my own and see what that looked like. And, um, and I've never looked back ever since. Yeah, what I'm sure, uh, you know, you want to create your firm in a certain way. What things did you instill that you wanted to, to basically to avoid, I guess, mimicking some of those barriers, those uh, maybe some of the toxicity that you did see in the industry? What did you want to make sure that you did differently? Yeah, I realized that, you know, so many times that I I was taught early on in my career to, I don't want to say talk over the client, but, you know, make the meetings feel the one-on-one client meetings, like make them feel like you're such the expert and you have all this information. And, and, you know, even if it's putting the client to sleep, it's okay because they need you. And I was like, gosh, I don't like this. This doesn't feel right to me. And so I, I, I guess I had a more informal relationship with clients and I, I watched them like so many times. I would sit across the table and watch these clients try to fake yawn in our meet, like, like not fake yawn, like yeah, literally yeah. yawn, but try to hide it. Right. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I see that. And I'm like, why are we focusing on all the boring aspects about wealth? And wh- the clients hire us to know that information. We don't need to bring it to the table. Um, the alpha and the beta and how it all works behind the scenes. And I was like, gosh, you know, like I, I was, I, I would been in a position to watch clients go from portfolios of zero to multi-million dollars and realizing like I was at in a position to tell clients like you've arrived at enough money. Like how cool is that? And guess what? They would look at me and go, well, we don't believe you. Like, so I realized that what I wanted to do differently is not talk about the beta and the alpha and all the details of investments. I wanted to talk about like like the fear and the the emotions that people have around the money and and getting allowing my advice to come in and bring that advice in to say, here's how you're gonna arrive at enoughness in your life and with your money because nobody ever feels like they have enough. It's always we're sh- we're chasing the next dollar. And so I really wanted to bring in that aspect to the client meetings and that's what I did. Yeah, that is a word that you um, almost never hear in the personal finance space is enough because it it seems like there's never enough. Like you're always 
you know, if you do reach a certain goalpost, you're moving it instantly. Or mm-hmm. if you have reached your personal goals and you, you know, compare yourself to someone else's goals and then you feel like, wow, well, I certainly don't have enough compared to them. And it just seems kind of like just you're on the hamster wheel forever. <laughs> right. And it's like, you know, we all be- I believe we all just want to arrive at a place of freedom, security, happiness and, you know, just always chasing the the next like you said goal pull right then that next la- layer really robs us from i believe you know it robs us from our lives and we all just want to live we want to have enough money to support how we want to live and we need that and there's nothing wrong with wanting more money because we constantly evolve and change in our lives and we're always wanting more we we we, we become more every single day so we want more money and i understand that but we also can't do it at the you know at the 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 opportunity of robbing us from living an abundant and happy life that's full of freedom and security at the same time no I, absolutely i feel like especially too i and i think i i love the the title of your book it's wealth but it's spelled w e l l t h y i think when people think of wealth they do feel like it's it's never ending, but ultimately it it does have to end at a certain point. You need to have a certain amount of money and then that's you got to be satisfied with that. But I feel like on the journey to building wealth, it can be difficult to stop. Like it's we, when we talk about like chasing things, chasing goals, whatever they are, it doesn't really seem like anyone's talking about the finish line. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what your kind of thoughts are about, you know, how can people identify what is the actual ultimate goal and then how do you live your life after when you've been chasing and running and racing for so long how do you then start walking and just kind of living in a more sustainable way is that even possible yeah it's hard i mean i i think the biggest thing to really help people arrive at that enoughness is is through financial planning like you can invest your money and save your money but if you don't have a plan and your vision of where you're going you never do arrive so you need a financial plan um but i've even done financial planning for like i said decades and people still with a financial plan were like okay like is this really enough and that's where the psychology and the behavioral financial advice comes in because people need to kind of almost rewire their mind at retirement because they've been so focused on living below their means or trying to and feeling this guilt relationship with money and just saving and saving and saving. And I've witnessed hundreds of people, they get to retirement and they're like, uh, like now I feel like I'm on a fixed income and now I can't like stop. I, I can't let the purse strings loose and start living because yeah. I'm still worried that I might have to be a greeter at Walmart. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, so that's where the financial plan comes in because we can tell people um, with a 99% probability based on inflation, performance, bear and bull markets, you know, interest rates, spending behaviors, like all of those things. We can tell them, you know, you're at a X percentage, a lot of times 99% probability of never running out of money. And that kind of helps them a little bit, but it's still that retraining of the brain um, and making good decisions, of course, in retirement. But it's really about almost like re-educating people once they do retire on how money works. Because what's interesting is that our brains need to get to enough, Mm -hmm. but our money 
never stops growing. Yeah. I mean, that's the beautiful thing. We all know compounding interest, right? Einstein says it's the eighth wonder of the world. Like our money, the more we have of it, keeps working harder and harder and harder for us. And I think that's the, been the biggest aha of me sitting in, you know, 10,000 different client meetings. Clients are like, wow, I never believed you, Don, but you're right. Like my portfolio, I haven't dipped at all to, you know, I've been retired for 10 years and I still have the same amount of money I had 10 years ago. When I retired, it's because of this power. You know, once you get that snowball built, it's just on autopilot and it keeps growing and growing and growing, which is a Mm -hmm. beautiful thing. Absolutely. So yeah, you mentioned uh, kind of the behavioral finance um, piece of it. You are the country's first behavioral financial advisor. I'm curious, how are you the first and what does that mean? How did you integrate that into working with clients? Yeah. And again, it goes back to that psychology with it was the client, the client interactions that I had. It's like, wow, we're not delivering all the advice that we could with money. And it's about this, you know, this like our ultimate goal is, is just to, like I said, want to live a happy life. Right. That's all we want for ourselves. And we want money to support how we choose to spend our time. And I realized that clients were still you know, they were still so fearful. I mean, again, clients, this is really funny, but I would still have clients go to Trader Joe's every week and buy their two buck chuck wine, right? Their $2 bottle of wine because they didn't think they could afford anything else. And I would say, well, you know, that's fine. Do you like the wine? And Mm -hmm. they'd be like, eh, (laughs) you know, I, 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 I like the price of the wine. And I'm like, do you know that you're spending more on the Advil for the headache you're going to have the next day from drinking that stuff versus just like upgrade it to the $10 bottle of wine? Like just, they were just in this fixated mindset of, I'm just so worried because I've lived for 30, 40 years in this, I can't afford it. It's really hard for them to change. So so that's why I got the behavioral financial certificate. Um, and I, yeah, and, and to be the first one, because I could see that this is the the... The, the quality of advice that people deserve because they deserve to live a full life, right? You, your, your podcast, more money, right? We want more. It's really not more money. It's no. more life. It's like, more why life. do people, mm-hmm. people want more life? Mm-hmm. And that's what I realized that I have a passion for fully living. And how can I share that same passion with people to, to get to that, that arrival of more life mm-hmm. and you need more money to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. I'm curious with, when working with clients and, and, using some of the training that you had as a behavioral financial advisor, you know, obviously fear sounds like a a pretty uh, dominant feeling. Were there other kind of, I guess, emotions or feelings that you saw other clients and they just couldn't kind of get past that just because they've been living in that feeling for so long? Yeah, I think obviously fear is the first one, but I also think there's this guilt, especially for women. We have this guilt relationship with um, spending, you know, like every time I, I still, I'm in my fifties, I go to the mall, I can afford stuff, mm-hmm. but I still like, Oh, do I real? you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that it's the, the spending, the guilt spending relationship we have. I think that's one thing. And I think, you know, what I've really struggled with in my life is, is I always feel like I have this limiting belief that if I don't work my tail off, I don't deserve anything of quality. And so I, I, I personally, have always had the struggle of, I don't deserve it. I don't, you know, and I think it's partly because my parents ingrained it in my mind. It's like, well, you don't really need that. You know, like 
you don't need to go out to dinner. You don't need those shoes or you don't really need that purse or whatever. And so that's been in my mind of like, oh, yeah, you're right. I, I don't deserve it. So I've had to I've had to compromise in going, oh, I want the stuff that my parents told me that I shouldn't have. And so if I want it for me to accept that, I have to like I got to work 60 hours a week or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's just a limiting belief yeah. that I've struggled with my whole life. So it's that mm-hmm. deserve the guilt, the fear. Yeah. Yeah. And those are, I feel like, ultimately things that we have brought into our adult lives and we don't necessarily realize that. But I guess, you know, working with someone like you, especially you can, you know, obviously do the practical work of building that financial plan and and really figuring out where your money can go. But then also identifying, you know, how do you interact with money? I think none of us really take the time to think about how do we feel? How do we interact with money? And how can we stop that? Because like you said, it can be really limiting. It could be compromising, yeah, the quality of your life. If you feel like the only way I feel like I deserve something is if I work twice as hard. Otherwise, then I'm X, Y, and Z. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. I'm a bad person, blah, 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 blah. And I feel like a lot of us, maybe especially people that, you know, grew up in small towns, low income, had, you know, these messages ingrained in us. Now that we're in our adult lives and maybe we have a very different lifestyle, different income levels, it's hard to make those, you know, narratives go away. I'm curious, what are some kind of things that you educate your clients about? Like, this is how we can, you know, identify and then, you know, rewire your brain. Right. Um, It comes down to me losing my mother four years ago. And I realized that my mom unexpectedly passed away in my home, um, not due to, you know, it, it was a health. Obviously, her heart gave out, but it, it came down to the fact that she didn't love herself enough. And I believe that there is this very opposite but interconnected force of building your worth and your wealth at the same time. And I always say, you know, if you can build your self-esteem, which is that internal personal security um, and the financial security at the same time, like that is how real wealth is built. And so I really encourage people is, you know, money's great. I mm-hmm. mean, we love, who doesn't love money? <laughs> yeah, we no love one will say money. no for more money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We all love it, but it's like, gosh, you know, I, I know so many people in the industry in the financial planning industry, that they actually are just chasing more money and more money. And then I was like, why? It's because you are chasing um, a, a, an unsolved yep. pain or mm-hmm. issue from your childhood. Mm-hmm. And and once you deal with like, you got to build up your worth. And we all have issues, right? Especially people of my age who, you know, their parents and grandparents lived through the depression. And so that was brought into the household. And then it keeps going through generation and generation. It's like, okay, you guys, we don't have to clean out the Ziplocs anymore. Like we don't, you know what I mean? Um, So I think it's, you know, it's rewiring the brain, but it's also like going, wow, there is this interconnectedness of wealth and worth combined. And that is like my, through losing my mother from a lack of self-love and worth, and realizing that I early on in my career was modeling her similar behaviors that this needed to stop because I have two beautiful teenage daughters at home. And I was like, I see the insecurities in them all the time. And I'm like, this is not okay. Like we need to break this. And, and yes, we need money. Let's not downplay that. Like the technical advice is super important, but it it's only goes so far. And when you build that, 
with the internal security, like that's when life gets pretty magical. Yeah. No. And I think when I, you know, talk to people who want to learn about investing and building wealth or want to better their circumstances, ultimately what's holding them back is this belief that they, you know, like we kind of touched on, don't deserve it or they aren't smart enough or any kind of limiting belief that is usually non-qualified. It usually, you know, comes from some, yeah, past pain, but, you know, isn't actually accurate. And I think that's what, if not, you know, stops people completely or delays people until, you know, usually they have these ideas in their 20s. They don't recognize and actually do something about it until their 30s, 40s, 50s, when it's like, gosh, then they look back like, I wish I, I did this earlier. But yeah, I think the confidence piece and believing in yourself and loving yourself is a piece that no one talks about in the personal finance space. But it is kind of, if you don't have that, there's no amount of financial literacy that will help you. You're right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I just think it's so important for people to learn to continue to improve on both of those aspects. Mm-hmm. It's, it, like I said, it's magical when you do. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more um, about the book that you have coming out. What inspired you? And else, you know, just to reiterate the title, it's Live Wealthy, Own Your Worth, uh, Grow Your Wealth. What inspired you to kind of put some of your expertise into a book for everybody? Yeah, I just, you know, again, through my mother's experience, my client's experience, my own personal wealth building journey. I mean, I just remember making five times the amount of income I ever dreamt about. And I was still fearing the credit card statements. And I was still fearing that I didn't have enough because my, you know, my lifestyle kept upgrading with my paycheck. Um, But it wasn't until I really started doing personal development and and looking at my own behavior. Um, It's easy to call clients out on behaviors, Mm -hmm. but it's like, well, why don't you look at yourself, Mm Don? It's like, oh, damn, you're right. So I, I realized through a number of different, you know, um, situations that happened in my life where, you know, like picking up that credit card bill and being afraid or, or having my 16 year old daughter come in and say, mommy, why are you working so hard? I'm like, I have to, because I have to, like, I'm the only income provider of the household. And I'm, I'm realizing, you know what? I'm not working just for income. I'm working because it fills me up and it makes me feel like other people need me. Like mm-hmm. you just go through the whole psychology yeah. of behavior and you can see a lot of like, like, behavioral modeling from your parents. And and I was just like, gosh, my, my financial life exploded when I started working on personal development. Mm-hmm. And so that's what inspired me. And I finally got to this place, you know, four years ago, we moved to Arizona from Minnesota um, just for a better lifestyle and to see the sun. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting out by the pool. We built this beautiful house and I'm like, I kind of feel like I arrived and I was like, but this is lonely. Like I just arrived with my set. Now granted I'm married and I have, you know, teenage daughters that love and hate me at the same time. (laughs) But I was like, I want people to also feel this like, like being in a beautiful, I can afford a beautiful living environment. Like I live like in a place that's, it's almost like a, a resort. And I mean, I spent more on my backyard than like triple the amount on my backyard than I did my first house. So I have like, I get to live in this beautiful environment, but it wouldn't like, it's not enjoyable 
until you actually share it with other people and and you feel confident and internally you feel like you've arrived. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like God has called me to share this with others and empower and inspire people. Like I knew nothing. I started in this financial industry 23 years ago. I knew I didn't even know what a mutual fund was. And I cried for the first six months. And it was just like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And it's just about persistency and consistency and not giving up and and being able to, you want to help people. Right. And so that's what inspired me. I arrived and I'm like, well, I need other people to arrive now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's often, again, another narrative that I think we, for, we don't think about, we're always thinking about getting to the top, whatever our kind of, you know, goal or, or idea of wealth is. And sometimes the actions that we take to get there will actually, um, well, ultimately we'll get to the top and be realized we're alone. And you're like, so what's the point of this? Like, what's it's not because it's we think that the point is money, but the point is not money. It's what that could potentially you know give you. And maybe you would be much happier with less because then, you know, along the way, you wouldn't have worked so hard. You would have actually been able to spend more time with friends and family and having living life, like you said. But uh, often that kind of uh, gets forgotten. So I'm curious. In your book, what are some of those kind of key messages that you you want readers to take with them so they can make sure they don't fall into that trap of just consumerism and, you know, uh, capitalism and getting the money and then realizing, wow, it's really lonely at the top? Lonely at the top or you just end up paying more to the IRS because right? yeah. you pay a higher tax bill. It's like, what? I did all this for what? Yeah. Um, you know, the book takes uh, you through, um, it takes everyone through a wealth alignment process and it's a three-step process where you own your worth, you earn your wealth, and you grow your life. And own it is about owning all that is you. It's only, there's six elements to own it. And I have people go really deep because we've all been exposed to these six elements that I talk about in Own Your Worth. But the the secret is, is how they work together in alignment to feel so good about who you are as a human being, including your weakness. Like we all have them, right? So the first process is really knowing and living out who you are. Because when you fully know who you are, you make money, you make more income from your strengths and you spend your money from your core values. And it just puts a, like, it's a meaningful life. And so the first step is owning your worth. And the second step is earning your wealth, which is the hardest part because it's a lifelong commitment. This is the personal development stuff. And it's really where if you really want more income in your life and you really want to up level your lifestyle, it's about walking through the hard stuff in life and getting uncomfortable for a little bit to feel comfortable for the rest of your life. It's it's the hard stuff. And that's where we need to partner and connect with one another. It's, it's how to make good decisions. And how does that help you how, how does that help you grow your income and then grow it? I call it grow it your life, but it's really about the financial planning aspect. It's about all six key areas of financial planning. And how do you actually have your money start working for you harder than you have for your income? We all know yeah. it's hard to make income. Yeah. Right. And it takes a lot of persistency to make good income. So then, you know, to live wealthy, you have to have your money work for you. So it's all the technical advice that one needs to build their financial plan and to get over the emotional baggage or the limiting beliefs of why I can't have a financial plan. 
Um, and, and so it takes us through that process on how to technically grow your worth. And then so that's the wealth alignment process. Own it, earn it, grow it. And that's how you're able to live wealthy. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. I'm, it sounds like, you know, a lot of this advice or, or, or the messages in your book, it's really about people understanding it and implementing it on their own. Um, but at what point does it make sense to look outside of their own sphere to get the help? Because that's something I've learned, especially as someone who really started, especially in my 20s, I wanted to do it all on my own. And then in pretty much all aspects of my life, you realize... I can't be everybody in my life. I can't be every role. Sometimes you do need a therapist. Sometimes you do need a financial planner. Sometimes you do need this and that. Um, You know, at what point does it make sense to kind of, I guess, outsource those areas, but I guess still be an active participant so you're not just, you know, like you kind of shared at the beginning, working with an advisor and they're talking at you and you have no idea what they're doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And that happens too many times, Mm. you know, uh, one of the reasons why I not just wrote this book, but I created an online digital platform is because of exactly what you're asking. Because I was in the business helping millionaires become multimillionaires. And I was like, dang it, the people that really need my advice are the people that want the millions, but are still in debt, or they need help, or they don't know where to turn. And those people don't have access to fiduciary CFPs like myself because we don't want to work with them because we don't make any money off of them. It's a really terrible cycle, isn't it? It is a terrible cycle. So I was like, gosh, how could I get advice to this younger generation? And so that's why I created this online digital platform because I believe with every ounce of my being is that 100% of people, no matter where they're at in their life, they need a financial plan. And only a third of us have a financial plan. And so I believe if you really want to make good decisions, you have to, you know, whether it's my platform or you go on some other platform um, and hire an advisor that is willing to work with you because but because statistically you can go. I don't know um, if you, Jessica, have ever looked at a Vanguard study or or, um, Fidelity study, but they say like hiring an advisor should triple the value back in what you pay that advisor. So you think about that. Like, I believe people can't afford to not have one because we know they're not implementing on their own because that doesn't happen. You can read a book. I'm telling you, you can get the, you can read my book and you're going to like, it's, it's an interactive book. So you can start building your financial plan that way. But to consistently build is about the accountability piece. And it's about like being in front of somebody to share your vision and your goals and sh- and having that person show you how you can do you can do it in a less expensive way. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, the accountability thing is huge because, yeah, again, like I've said, I've talked to so many people over you know, the past decade that I've been, um, you know, in this space. And sometimes I, you know, get approached by people that are still doing the same thing years, you know, later. And it's not that they don't know. Most people know more than they think that they do. But it sometimes is really helpful having some sort of a form of accountability, whether that's with a professional or a course or or a buddy or anything. Usually that's the thing. I mean, honestly, I always kind of bring this up at the show. It's like I've always struggled with uh, health and fitness. And what I've kind of realized is like, I just can't keep myself accountable anymore. I need those you know, classes where I have to sign up and show up. Those are the only way I'm going to get on and and, and do the thing. And sometimes that's, I think what's, again, and we kind of touched 
touched on this earlier. The reason a lot of people don't do that is either they don't believe that they deserve it or they don't believe that they can afford it because of those beliefs that, I mean, I still have that those, yeah, that I can't afford it in my mind all the time from my, right. you know, childhood. So it's important yes. to kind of recognize and, and fix it. <laughs> well, and I think so. I think there's two main reasons. It's either we hold this emotional baggage with ourselves saying, ooh, we should be farther ahead than we are today. And we don't want any, we don't want to let anyone under the hood to know, to, to show an advisor like what's really going on. So that's a limiting belief. It's like really advisors have seen everything. They're just there to like serve and help. Like they're just right. They're actually there even more than just serving. They're there to solve. Like they're just there to solve. They're not judging. Um, but I do think it's that emotional baggage. And I also think one of the reasons why people don't like hire somebody is because I mean, just look at the life we live in and right now where we can't we can't hold anyone's attention for more than like five seconds. And it takes time. It takes time to plan. But I always say, my gosh, you know, you just brought up health and wellness. Um, that's a constant struggle for all of mm -hmm. us. Not just you, by yeah, the way. Not just me. Okay. I know it's not just me. <laughs> OK, but that's where you have to show up every day. Right. Yeah. You have to make good decisions three to five to six times a day with your food choices, working out a number of times a week. Like that is harder than building money. Like building wealth is where if you just take two, four hours, two to three, four hours and get your crap together and start a financial plan, that thing continues to like, it's like your muscles getting bigger and bigger and bigger by you sitting back. It's not like working out or eating healthy. Like you just have to set it up once and then just kind of tweak it and it works harder and harder. It's so different than the health and wellness journey, but we all put health as a priority. We all put money as a priority, but we don't act upon it because of even our emotional baggage or the fact that, you know, we just live in this, um, this world where we're, we're all this external stimuli is just like, like vying for our time. It's like, you guys really want more time and you want more money? Just do the work right now. Like take four hours, get your shit together and let's go because it'll pay dividends over and over again. Yeah. And really recognizing, like we've kind of uh, touched on through this episode, that money and wellness are interconnected. They're not siloed. They need to no. be together. If you're not doing well, you're not going to feel well enough to want to take that next step and improve your finances because you're not going to feel like you have any value, you don't deserve, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, we, we've got to recognize everything is connected. It um, is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, just like health, right? Our brains yeah. are, yeah, it, it's all interconnected. And And I think your mission, my mission is just that we want people to to create more wealth. And I believe it's our, like, I a hundred percent believe it's everybody's responsibility to create more wealth in their life so they can fully live and then fully give. Yeah. Like give to like when you're the, when you own your worth and you fully are like, like making enough money to support your life and you have enough to give away, like that's true abundance. And and when you arrive at that, like the, there's nobody more powerful than you. And it's our responsibility to do that. And so I love having this conversation with you because it is, it is about more money and more life so we can be that best version and give too, right? And that's what I, what I wanted to do. I was sitting at my pool. I'm like, okay, now what? Like I, it's time to turn it around and give. 
Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like that also just reinforces you wanting to to better yourself. It's it's just that extra kind of layer of building wealth is is giving in whatever capacity that is. Usually, you know, that could just be financial literacy and, and sharing some kind of resource with a friend that will change their life. I know so many people are like, I read this book, I shared it to a friend, it changed their life. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, what we're talking about. So speaking of books, where can people find your new book uh, when it's out? And where, they, where can they find more information about you on your website and online. Well, thank you. Um, the book, which I call my third baby, it's taken three years mm. after COVID. Like it's mm. been written for a year. It took two years to get it to where it's at right now. Yeah. Um, April eleventh, twenty twenty three. We're less than a month away. I am giving birth to this book. It's at, um, of course, on Amazon. There's there's the hardcover. Yep. There's also an audiobook. Um, it's in Barnes and Noble. And for people that actually want to, you know, want to find me, they can. It's just my name. It's Dawn, D-A-W-N, last name Dalby, D-A-H-L-B-Y. And that's the website. And, you know, if if you have under $500,000 and want the educational online platform, we're happy to serve you there. If you have a portfolio over a half a million um, and need one-on-one advice, we have an entire firm that can take care of you as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I feel so much, I don't know, more lighter, just more excited. So hopefully listeners feel the exact same way and uh, excited for them to check out your new book and all of the resources you have on your website. So thank you so much, Don, for joining me. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure. And that was episode 365 with Don Dalby. You can find more information about her at dondalby.com and also on Twitter and Instagram at Don Dalby. Her last name is spelled D-A-H-L-B-Y-F. YI. And uh, a great place just to find all the information about her. Quick links just to make it easy for you is the show notes for this episode. So just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash 365 for all of that info. And of course, make sure to grab a copy of her new book, Live Wealthy, Own Your Worth, Grow Your Wealth. With that said, I am giving away a copy of her book. So if you would like to enter for a chance to win her book or a bunch of other books I'm giving away because I I do, if you're new to the podcast, I do a big book giveaway every single season. So whenever there is um, a guest who's on the show who has a book, I will buy it to support them and then give it away to one of you lucky winners and mail it to you personally because I love that personal touch. So you can go to jessicamorehouse.com slash contest to find all of the books that I'm giving away and you can enter to win all of them. You will only win one if you are a lucky winner. But hey, go go crazy. I don't care. Enter to win all of them. Okay, so uh, first, just some kind of housekeeping or not housekeeping, but just like some things that if you need a reminder, I'm going to remind you now. Number one, it is springtime officially. And if you want to do some spring cleaning, so to speak, with your finances, I have a number of budget spreadsheets on my website, jessicamorehouse.com slash shop. They come with video tutorials. You can ask me questions if nothing's or something isn't clear. Happy to help you, but they're very, very easy to use. They are the ones that I use personally for my own finances. So again, Again, jessicamorehouse.com slash shop. Also, too, if you want to get a handle on your investments and you want to follow the passive investing strategy, like I've talked a lot about on the show, where you're investing in some index funds for the long term, doing that boring, slow and steady wins the race kind of investing like I also do myself, then you can find all the information about my wealth building blueprint course at jessicamorehouse.com slash course. And you can take a look at a ton of testimonials um, and, you know, apply to a 
uh, take the course. But that is not the most exciting thing I have to share with you. Now, I cannot share all of the details of what I'm going to be sharing with you. But what I can share is I am currently working on a project and I am looking to interview people like yourself if you're open to it. You do not have to. Obviously, you can do whatever you want. But I am looking to interview some people to share some of their money stories with me. That's pretty much all I can share at this moment. Um, So if you are interested in in learning more about what the heck I'm talking about, if you are open to having a one-on-one chat with me, your gal Jessica, and to kind of have a chat about just money in general, your experience with it, your feelings with it um, for this secret project I am working on, please go to jessicamorehouse.com slash interview. I will include that link in the show notes for this episode so you can find it. But again, very easy to find, jessicamorehouse.com slash interview. And um, yeah, that's really all I can share now. Um, And you're kind of the first people that I'm telling because you, my podcast listeners, have been very good to me and loyal. And I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably, you know, you probably would like the opportunity to chat with me and to have a nice convo about money. You know, this is a very uh, unique thing that I'm doing. I will, you know, cut it off after a certain time if I get too many um, submissions. So jessicamorehouse.com slash interview is where you can find all those details. That's all I can say. That is all I can say at this moment. Um, so thank you so much for listening to this episode as a little teaser for next week. Who do I have? Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Next week I've got Berna and Nat. She, I've been following her on Instagram for a very long time. I did meet her briefly at a conference back in 2019 before the world went weird. Um, and she has a book finally out. She's been working on it for a long time called Money Out Loud. Absolutely loved it. Loved interviewing her. She has so much energy and such a great perspective on things. So you were not going to want to miss uh, next week's podcast interview. Oh gosh, I've got some really good guests coming up. I mean, you're not going to want to miss any of them, but really next week is a great one. Um, but yeah, that's really it for me. Thank you so much for listening. Shout out to my podcast editor, Matt Rideout, and I will see you back here next Wednesday. Have a good rest of your week and weekend. Enjoy that spring weather, hopefully. I mean, it's been weird in Toronto. It was like summer for a hot second, and then it was back to really chilly temperatures. So let's let's just, you know, manifest some good weather. Let's manifest that. That's how that works, right? You just, you just say the word and that happens. I don't know. Um, okay. Anyways, that's it for me. Thanks again. See you next week. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.